0: Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Work,
1: work, 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 Welcome to the Employee of the Month show. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and
2: I was so excited to sit down with Lynn manuel Miranda at the Bell House to interview him about his prolific and fun and eclectic career. I want to just shout out to our band, Arthur Lewis and Shockwave. They are an instrumental part, pun intended, about... Um, the live tapings of the employee of the month show and they are also key collaborators with Lin-Manuel on Freestyle Love Supreme their hip-hop rap group which you must go see I just saw them at Joe's Pub and luckily for you they play there again and again so go check out Freestyle Love Supreme. Also go check out Hamilton Mixtapes, which is Lynn's latest project. He had an off, off, off-Broadway run at the White House, that is whitehouse.gov, <laughs> where he showed what he was working on. I can't understand if he was like, you know what, Barry Obama and Michelle, they probably don't go to out to the theater that much. I'll just try this out and see how it works. But it was a beautiful rendition of the Hamilton mixtapes, which is about Alexander Hamilton, the politician whose life is a Greek tragedy. And Lynn really looks at the parable about immigration and Hamilton's politics about immigration, which are sadly so relevant today. So he is working on that. That will be out in 2014. And you should also check out, now that you're online and you're listening to this great podcast, Neil Patrick Harris' opening to the 2013 Tony Awards, which Lynn wrote. Uh, it will make you cry. It- has made me cry and you lose water weight so trust me it's a great workout. I can't say enough about Lynn and his story is one of Horatio Alger. Uh, He put in hard work, has tremendous talent, has had it since he was a little kid um, and has also been surrounded by equally great talent which is something everyone can do is find peers that you really respect and he's also had phenomenal mentors including Stephen Sondheim who then went on to hire him and, and collaborate with Lynn, starting with translating West Side Story and putting the Spanish lyrics (laughs) in (laughs) so that they not only rhyme but are beautiful and engaging, Uh, something Lynn manages to do over and over again. I didn't get to talk to him about his new role on How I Met Your Mother or being on The Sopranos, Our Modern Family. He just does too many things, but this is a great introduction to Lynn Manuel. So hope you enjoy our interview in five, four, three, two, and one. Isn't that what they do on Broadway? No, there's a reason I'm not on Broadway. Okay, enjoy my interview with Lynn manuel
3: Washington Heights. Washington Heights. Oh, That's so cute. Washington Heights. Oh, that was nice.
1: Lynn, I'm so thrilled you're here. Am I loud enough? So that'll never be an issue. Um, When is it appropriate For someone to say things like And now welcome Lin Manuel Miranda When they are as white as snow
3: Oh if you can pronounce it It's fair game I, I go by Lin to most of my white friends Because I can't stand the word manual and me in the same They sentence. call you Lynn
1: Emmanuel, right? Lin-
3: or Lynn Manuel and I just think this instantly. Oh,
1: that makes sense. For your podcast like, listeners, yeah, can you, I'm can making you a describe jacking off motion. I decided because you are such a huge hit on Broadway just to and because people fuck up your name to just say that I would make you an honorary member of the tribe, Lynn Emmanuel Morandenberg. Oh,
3: thank you. <laughs> Happy Sukkot.
1: For outstanding service to Jews, gays and gay Jews. <laughs>
3: Fantastic. My audience.
1: That's your audience, right, on yes. Broadway? Yes,
3: that's the Broadway audience.
1: So I want to hear about your overnight success, which started when you were in college at a small school in Middletown, Connecticut.
3: Indeed. Wesleyan University, of which you are also an alum.
1: I was going to bring you a rape whistle. Um, and we were
3: going to take back the night like Justin Timberlake?
1: Yes. <laughs> So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about that. You started writing in the Heights in yeah, some Yeah, I actually,
3: I started writing musicals in high school. And I have to tell you that our amazing uh, singer, keyboardist, Arthur Lewis, I've known him since third grade. And he was my Tony in West Side Story when I directed it senior year in high school. And he was in my first musical called Nightmare in D Major, which wasn't pretentious at all. <laughs> And, um, and so, yeah, I, I wrote 20-minute musicals in high school, and my first full-length musical was In the Heights, and I wrote it my sophomore year in college.
1: It obviously immediately right after went straight onto Broadway.
3: <laughs> no, not even close.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> what what happened in between?
3: Um, a, a couple of things. So it was originally sort of this 80-minute one-act show. It was my closest attempt at a, at a full-length show, and... Um, Two kids who were seniors at the time um, saw the show. They actually watched it from the lighting booth because they were on tech crew. It was Neil Stewart and John Mailer, who is Norman Mailer's youngest son of the billion kids Norman Mailer had. Well, yeah, so he saw it and he said, Lynn, because he actually looks like young Norman. He was like, Lynn, we're going to take this to Broadway. And um, I said, okay, we're having a keg party at Home Avenue, and um, and I sort of put the script in a drawer for two years, but they got in touch with me when I graduated, and they were very resourceful. They, they took the basement of the drama bookshop and converted it into a black box theater. Um, and so they had this sort of home base and uh, little black box theater in the middle of Midtown. And so I met with them the week after I graduated, I met Tommy Kale for the first time, who was formed the company with them.
1: And went on to be a director for you? Yeah,
3: yeah. He, he, he kind of approached me. He had the script and a recording of it and s- sort of came at me. He's like sort of the smartest guy in whatever room he's in, and he kind of came at me with... Okay, it's really great, but In Washington Heights is a, is a Welcome to the World song. It's your third number, and it should be first. And Snavi is great, but he's, he's only in two scenes, and he would be a great narrator because all the stories pass through his store. So why don't you have him be the narrator, and he could have that song be first. And I was like, hi, I'm Lynn. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, but he was um, he was really smart, and all of his ideas were really good. And so we sort of started having a conversation on how to make the show better, and that conversation went on for six more years.
1: And then how did it get onto Broadway?
3: (laughs) Um, We we did readings in the basement. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah, we did readings in the basement of that bookshop. The first year was sort of the best version of what I could write by myself. I learned I don't know how to write dialogue really well. Um, It was was becoming (laughs) this operetta. It was becoming a pseudo-rent in the bad ways. Like, you know what, you could just say that. You could just say that instead of singing it. And we, um, candy bar rapper. And, um, and so we, um, we, we went about looking for a book writer and we found Kiara, who had just graduated from Brown and went on to win the Pulitzer Prize for her amazing plays. She was sort of the missing piece and then we all worked for another four years together once she came on board. So that's overnight success. It's, it's actually eight years.
1: Right. <laughs> and so then you have your first Broadway production. And you get nominated for how many Oscars? Oh, so Oscars. Tony, sorry.
3: That's okay. I already feel less than because you demoted okay, me. Okay,
1: good. <laughs> um,
3: but we, we got nominated for 13 Tonys, and we took home four, which was nice, including the big one. And that was, that was really necessary because it was, you know, we were the Latin hip-hop musical and, you know... You're Which
1: are a dime a dozen on Broadway, <laughs> let's be
3: real. <laughs> Which are a dime a dozen and, and really make the old Jewish ladies who spend money on tickets want to go to theater. They go, I, I, I hate rap, but I love this. We needed them to say that <laughs> to to have a successful run and they and they loved it, thank goodness
1: and one of your admirers is Steven Sondheim, and you guys are close collaborators now, and you've um, done two things together, and he's put you in stuff. Do you like g chat with Steven Sondheim?
3: <laughs> no, but you know what? I do send him any sondheim related internet things that happen, so there was an article there was um there was a BuzzFeed article about an ice cream man in Queens that plays Send in the Clowns. It's like the only truck, and it's like you can tell someone programmed it by hand, and it's like, So I sent that to him. I said, you're making people in Queens very sad. And, <laughs> and he emailed me back two sentences. He said, this is very upsetting. Thank you. <laughs> and you don't know quite how to take that but you know I, I send him all of that stuff I'm, th- I'm the annoying young guy who's like look at this thing that happened to you <laughs> I probably bother him a lot
1: um, what was it like starring in one of his shows when it's not something you've written it's not something you've created
3: I mean that was the really fun thing I did this uh, production of Merrily We Roll Along for, for Encores um, and again I played a Jewish guy I played Charlie Kringis and um
1: you're stealing all the parts from the Jews.
3: I am, I am. It's an Ashanda. It's Ashanda, and, and and we really actually. It's, um, it's a whole other thing, you know, we had 10 days to rehearse, um, and it's the hardest music I've ever learned in my life, and we, ha- we did our own typewriter stunts, there's a song called Opening Doors, where you're singing and playing typewriter percussion at the same time, and that's all I did, I mean, all I remember is every lunch break, from didn't sleep, just typewriter typewriter stunt work. And it was it was the most stressful and joyous sort of experience of my life, and I got to know him in a different way because you know when you know when I did the translations for West Side Story, it was just sort of like, hey kid, don't fuck it up.
1: That's how you guys met. Was that you were doing the Spanish translation for West Side Story? Yeah,
3: and he said just make it rhyme in the same place and and don't fuck it up. Um,
1: Which is obviously so easy.
3: (laughs) Yeah. No, it was really it was really hard. But but acting in a show you get this sort of whole other access because he's also that show is about about um, a composing team and about a friendship coming apart so it's a very personal show to him so you know i got 10 more anecdotes about sort of these lives and what they're based on and sort of his experience growing up you know being in tin pan a- alley land and sort of trying to get these shows on and doing backers auditions and the success and failure i mean it's it's a really amazing thing he's documenting in that show
1: during this time, you're taking all kinds of odd jobs, including uh, doing bar mitzvahs. Op- I
3: did. I, I lost a good chunk of my dignity. I have none left. <laughs> um, dan- I was the guy in the black satin shirt that got paid 100 bucks per bar or bat mitzvah to like get kids and old ladies to dance. Like They come with entertainment <laughs> groups where they're like, Rachel, you're a woman now. Who's your friend? Um... <laughs> And, and, you know, you learn, you know, when you're a theater major, you learn a lot of skills that will not do you any good. But one of the things you learn is mask work and how, like, you can kind of have a new identity with a mask. There was a bar mitzvah where we had, <laughs> where we had to wear Carnival masks. And so I'm in my black satin shirt my black pants, like, with a mask on doing Carnival. And I got groped by more old Jewish ladies. Like, it was like it took my identity away. And we are like, this is, they were like, this is property. We can touch this. And I got fully molested by, like, old ladies at Rachel's Bat Mitzvah in Syosset. So I have no shame, and I think I left most of it at Rachel's Bat Mitzvah in Syosset.
1: Speaking of feeling violated, you also wrote... (laughs) What a segue! (laughs) You wrote the lyrics for robocalls uh, from various politicians. You've actually... uh, I wanted to hear about that, because you also did theme music for so many wonderful politicians. I think Spitzer was one of them. (laughs) I Fernando did.
3: Ferrer. So, so my dad works in politics. He's just finished Thompson's campaign, and that's fully over as of yesterday. And so I was sort of the cheap in-house music, and and I paid my rent by writing. Like my dad would call me, and he would be like, "I need thirty seconds of smooth jazz for a Sharpton radio spot." <laughs> um, to be fair, and I would write thirty Lynn, seconds of Lynn, smooth. To be
0: jazz. fair, your dad uses a, a Bluetooth.
3: Yeah, and he has a Bluetooth in his ear at all times. <laughs> he's that asshole. <laughs> he's the guy like, and I need and Spitzer, it needs to be Latin, but not to, hello? And like midway through, he's talking to someone else, and you have no idea because he's got the Bluetooth in. So I wrote music for Spitzer's first gubernatorial campaign. I wrote for Hillary's Senate campaign. Um, and all of this sort of just like general background uplift music. The fun ones to write are the ones where the negative ads, because they'll be like... You know, it's just, you just literally have to put, like, your hand on a minor chord with strings. (laughs) So it's like, it's like, I I don't know, uh, Mark Green thinks Latinos should jump in the river. (laughs) No thanks, Mark. Freddie Ferrer. And half of it is, like, actually in the Heights music that I just threw in (laughs) um, for 15 seconds. But it's just... Hand on a minor chord, Mark Green, thanks. Babies should be registered. No thanks, Mark Green. <laughs> it's really easy work.
1: And now you are a famous, famous rock star, it feels like, in um, Puerto Rico, where you even have a bodyguard.
3: I do. I'm Usher in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Here I take the F train like all of y'all. Um, but in, I, I just I shot a uh, an indie movie two years ago that just opened last weekend, and I had to go do press for it. And I am straight up usher there, um, and and like I get attacked at the Starbucks, and like people come after, like paparazzi know where I am, and they come take pictures of me when I come out of places. Um, and it's, but it's like only on one island. It's like Prince in the, pa- like I go visit, and people go ah, and then I come back here and and get really drunk on rum and coke with you.
1: I'm going to give you um, a little gift because I was so happy that you came here all the way from Inwood, which for those of you don't know is past Philadelphia in <laughs> <from> the A-train. <laughs> and it's just a map of Brooklyn and a cliff bar and I put it in a Park Slope yes. co-op bag that you get to carry home even though you're not a member. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Um,
1: and I was going to because you are a phenomenal uh, freestyle rapper. And I know that one of the reasons Stephen Sondheim has said that he so admires you is that you've always been so respectful and admiring of what is musical theater, but also completely created your own voice. And part of that is your unbelievable ability to think on your feet and improvise. And I was wondering if you and Arthur might wanna do something together for
3: old time's sake. Oh, yeah. So I wrote this musical um, my my senior year in high school called Seven Minutes in Heaven.
1: What is that? It is uh,
3: it's about your first unchaperoned party in middle school, and um, the first halfway good song I ever wrote was this this song. It was called Beverly Song, and it was Beverly going to her first um, unchaperoned party. And I thought Arthur's here, and Arthur was around for it, so Arthur could sing it, and I'll play it. Um, You can hear a song I wrote when I was seventeen years old. I did not play Beverly in high school, for the record. All
1: right, let's welcome Lynn Manuel and Arthur Lewis.
3: Um, can I tell the story of how I met Arthur Lewis real quick? So there was a rumor in third grade that um, <laughs> there was a rumor in third grade that there was a kid who could spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. But he was in the other class, and I found him in the cafeteria, and I said, hey, I hear you can spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and he looked up fully, like, without guile, without snarkiness, and said, backwards or forwards? (laughs) That's a true story. And I said, backwards, of course, and he did it. Anyway, this uh, this is Beverly's song.
0: See how much my face has grown. Is this what I'll look like when I'm old? Cause it's kinda strange, about to change. There is a party tonight. Amy hired a DJ to come and play. And I've been feeling sick inside all day. I wish Amy's parents. Cause everyone's acting crazy In sixth grade everything was very clear You guys go play, we're fine right over here But suddenly we're interested in what they have to say They're just as stupid as they were last year That's not entirely true Last week in Mr. Haig's class, Justin Gomez turned and smiled at me. I just froze and smiled back sheepishly. Turning crimson red, the blood rushing to my head, I thought to myself, Oh God, my stomach feels strange and my palms are all sweaty and gross reflection is changing and I wonder if I look this scared up clothes because I am afraid I don't know what to make of seventh grade I don't know what to make of seventh grade Lynn Manuel
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Employee of the Month. I also forgot to talk to Lynn about all the stuff he's done in children's television. He helped revamp Electric Company on PBS. Him and Anthony and, and a bunch of their cohorts uh, worked tirelessly on electric company and you can see shockwave who is the beatboxer on employee of the month shows live shows you can see him on electric company and obviously lynn has also been on sesame street because how how would he not you probably know him from rocking out uh to murray has a little lamb favorite song
1: no it should be no i
2: want to thank lin-manuel miranda do go see freestyle of supreme thank you to joel arnold for editing these podcasts you do such a good job and thank you to all of you for listening thank you you can never say it enough i don't care what anyone says it means just as much the first time as it does at the 59th
1: thank you thank you thanks gracias okay see yeah all right so now it's starting to lose its meaning i get it i see